is holy. Yes, he's loving, but he's holy. Yes, he's just because he's holy. Oh, yes, he's a God of grace because he's holy. And yes, he's a God who set the law in motion because he's holy. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Johnny Erickson was a teenage girl, 17 years old, when she had a diving accident. Her neck and her spinal cord were broken. She would never walk again. But I I began to know of her after she was married. Her married name, Johnny Erickson Tata. She had begun to share her story and her faith in Christ. When I first was introduced to her, she had begun to be a painter. Paralyzed from head to toe, she painted with her mouth. A paintbrush in her mouth, and she began to paint. She began to write. She began to tell her story of her faith in Christ. Her book on the suffering of people. Is one of the most encouraging books you'll read. What allows a person who goes through that kind of tragedy, what allows them to have faith in God? At 17 years old, her life was ruined, right? I would say it's her perspective. In fact, she said, perspective is everything when you're experiencing the challenges of life. Perspective affects the way you see people. Perspective affects the way you see the events in your life, your circumstances. Perspective affects the way you even experiencing your faith. Perspective is your filter. And all of us have a filter. I was trying to think of a way to illustrate this. And, And so I think in our culture today, I can give you two words that illustrate it as well as any other words in the English language. These two words will help you think about that idea of filter, that we all are seeing things through a filter. Are you ready for these two words? Here they are. Donald Trump. All of society in our culture today is thinking about that person through a filter. Some love him to death. He can do no wrong. He's the greatest thing ever. Others think he's the devil incarnate. He can do no right. Just an illustration, all that is, not a political statement, just a recognition that in life, we go through life and we have filters. We're looking at everything we see through a filter. For some of you, it's your vocation that's guided your filter. For, for others of you, it's your portfolio, it's your wealth that guides your filter or your lack thereof. For some of you, it's your preferences in life. For some of us, it's our faith. What guides your filter? I would tell you that the Apostle Paul had a filter that changed everything. 
That brings us back to our key verse. Remember what it said? But I do not account my life as of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I might finish my course. He had a filter that changed everything. What gives you that kind of perspective? Well, Paul's filter had been changed because he had been changed. Do you remember his story? Acts chapter 9, a man named Saul, a persecutor of Christians, a Jewish rabbi, the best of the best of Jewish rabbis, was on his way to Damascus. The Bible says that he meets Jesus face to face. He encounters the Lord. And he's converted. In that moment, he becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. Just one of the many examples in Scripture that teach us that there's a time in your life where you become a follower of Christ. It's hardly a week that goes by that I don't meet someone that says something like this. Oh, I've always been a Christian, or I've always been a follower of God. Uh, That's just not true. Uh, The Bible teaches that there's a point in time where you recognize your sinfulness. You, you, You see the need for a savior. You surrender the control of who you are to who he is and you become a follower of Christ. Uh, For Paul, we read about that in Acts chapter nine on that Damascus road. He encountered Jesus. Nothing changes your perspective like a healthy view of God and a healthy view of self. When you truly see God for who he is and you truly see yourself for who you are, it changes your perspective. That's what I want you to take into this new year. Nothing changes your perspective like a healthy view of God and a healthy view of self. And one of the best passages in scriptures that illustrate that for us is from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six. I was just in the last couple of weeks, in the land of Israel and went to the area called Qumran where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And in the Dead Sea Scrolls, we we find these preserved fragments of the scriptures written by Isaiah where he said these words. Isaiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And Who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. 
from that moment, the prophet Isaiah had a different perspective. What did Paul and Isaiah have in common? They both encountered God. They both met God in a personal way. Oh, that we could say one year from now, we have met God in a personal way. Oh, that we would encounter God and it would so change us, it would so move us, it would so mark us that we are different and we become difference makers. But notice how this began because this is important to some of you. It says, in the, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, that's important. It's important because it marks it in history. But it's also important because it, it tells us something about the grief that the prophet Isaiah was experiencing in the moment. In the year that King Uzziah died, in a, in a moment of grief, could it be that the greatest single moment in your life may not be on a mountaintop, in a season of prosperity, but in the valley in the depths of despair. What if God wants to take that difficult time you're walking through, that challenge that you don't see a way out of, that hurdle that you have to overcome, what if he wants to use that as the place where you encounter God? Those moments where you think God is hurting you, and you're able to look back and actually see that he was holding you, that he was helping you, And so what happens in this passage of Scripture is Isaiah lets us see a healthy view of God and a healthy view of man. Remember, nothing changes our perspective like a healthy view of God and a healthy view of man. And it's really all summed up in one phrase that Isaiah utters. I saw the Lord, how? High and lifted up. God is high Man is low. You want a healthy view of God and a healthy view of man? That's where you start. God is high, man is low. God is holy. God is sovereign. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God's omnibenevolent. God is ever present. God is gracious. God is forgiving. God is merciful. God is almighty. And man is depraved, sinful, Defeated, helpless, in need of his holiness. For Isaiah, the preeminent attribute of God is his holiness. And so he says that, right? Holy, holy, holy. When you get that right view of God, you recognize above everything else, God is holy. Yes, he's loving but he's holy. Yes, he's just because he's holy. Oh, yes, he's a God of grace because he's holy. And yes, he's a God who set the law in motion because he's holy. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the watch tab at missionhillchurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, 
Here's Pastor Paul Purvis. God's holiness is the thing that rises above everything. And when you get a glimpse of God's holiness in the mirror, the reflection of his holiness, you see your depravity. And so after saying that God is holy, what does Isaiah say about himself? Woe, woe is me. And the next words are, Different depending on the translations. I read from the ESV and it says, I am lost. The old King James says, I am undone. Some translations say, I am doomed. I think I may like this one the best. It says, I am no longer. Because when I see God for who he is, I don't account my life as of any value, nor as precious to myself. Do you see? A healthy view of God and a healthy view of me. I begin to recognize that whatever I face, God is. And I'm no longer. See, God may take away all of you so that you can see all of him. And when you truly see all of him, then all of you can be used for his glory. But he may need to break you. He he may need to hurt you. He, He may need to allow you to walk through the valley of despair. He may need to ruin you. Think about that. God loves you so much, he wants to ruin you. Why? Because he wants to use you for his glory right where you are. So, another lesson from Isaiah, and then on to Paul. Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up. God is high, man is low. He says, woe is me, for I am lost, I'm undone, I'm no longer And then God says, you got it. So here's the deal, Isaiah. There's a job to be done. Who's going to do it for me? And what does Isaiah say? Here I am. Send me. See, God is changing our perspective so that we can say, if not now... When? He's changing our perspective so that we can step up and do that, what he's created us to do. And yes, he wants us to do good for others. And yes, he wants to do good for ourselves. But ultimately, he wants us to work for his glory. Someone put it this way. God wrecks us so that we can be a wrecking ball. God brings us down to a point where we realize we are no longer so that he can let our all be found in him and use us for his glory. Now that brings us back to our key verse. So let's look at Acts 20 verse 24 one more time. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. What was Paul saying? He was saying, I recognize that my perspective changes everything. That's what he walked through in Acts 20. Before we got to verse 24, he said, you know me. What was he saying? My perspective changes the people I hang around with. 
You know me. As you go throughout this year, do you know there's very few things that will influence how your year turns out than the people that you hang out with? That's why I'm glad you're here today. You're hanging out with people that will build you up rather than those that will tear you down. He said, my perspective changes the, the people I'm around. But, but he doesn't stop there. He says, you know me and you know my tears. What was he saying? Your perspective changes your passion. You give it your all because you see God for who he is. You see yourself for who you are. You've got to be all in. You've got to give your best for his glory. It affects your passion. It affects how you look at the trials that you've been through. Problems. You got any problems? Let me, let me just tell you a little bit of the street cred of the guy we're reading about. In 2 Corinthians, um, in chapter 11, the, the Apostle Paul says, um, hey, does anyone dare boast? I'm speaking as a fool, but I also dare boast. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. It's kind of like what he's going to later do in Philippians chapter 3 where he says, hey, my, my credibility is there. My resume is good. But, but notice what he goes on to. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments. Wait, what? Far more countless beatings often near death. Five times I received the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day and I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false prophets, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from all other things, there's a daily pressure of me, of my anxiety for all the churches. He's saying, on top of all this, I've got to put up with you people. Problems. But your perspective changes the way you look at your problems. And then we see his perspective changes what's pushing him. Because he said, I, I'm, I'm going where I'm going because the Holy Spirit is compelling me to go there. In the ESV, it's a word translated constrained. I'm constrained. I'm imprisoned by the Holy Spirit. See, when my perspective of God is right, my perspective of self is right, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and I begin to live the Spirit-filled life. I'm pushed forward by God. When I don't feel like I can go any forward, the Holy Spirit is pushing me forward. So how do I get that kind of perspective? You know, it's in the book of Acts that we first see the term Christians. It's in the place called Antioch that they were first called Christians. It was a derogative term. It meant the little Christ. They're like little imitators of Jesus. In the Bible, we do see where we get the word saved from. We can look in John 3 and Learn where we get the terminology born again. But the Apostle Paul has two words that he uses most often to describe what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Do you know what those words are? In Christ. In every one of his letters, you'll see this, the importance of being in 
Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he sums it up well when he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So if you want to have a right perspective, then you have to be in Christ. Because when you are in Christ, you see God as who he is. You see yourself for who you are. If you are in Christ, you begin to see things through Christ. Are you in Christ? See, your first step to doing those things that God wants you to do is to make sure that you're in Christ. It's interesting, going back to Isaiah, Isaiah encounters God, and before God sends him out, so he's had the perspective change, right? He sees God high and lifted up. He recognizes he's ruined. But before God sends him out, what does God do? He atones for his sins, remember? He takes a burning coal, puts it on his lips, and he says, your sins have been atoned for. In the New Testament, how are our sins atoned for? It's the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. When Jesus' blood is shed, our sins are atoned for. They're made right once and for all. And so the way that we begin to see things right is we live in Christ. When you do, it changes your perspective. Earlier this year, I was in Ecuador. And one of the highlights of my trip was just hearing, hearing the story again of Jim Elliott and the four other missionaries that became modern-day martyrs giving their lives because of their faith there on the beach in the jungle of Ecuador. They were trying to reach the Aka Indians and yet, at least at that point, those Indians were not receptive. Today, there's a church in that village. But at that point, it cost Jim Elliott and four other missionaries their lives. But now, more than 50 years later, we're still talking about Jim Elliott. Why? Was he ruined for God? In the eyes of the world, yes. But he was wrecked to be a wrecking ball. Jim Elliott is one of those that though he is dead, he still speaks. He's preached more messages dead than alive. His quotes have inspired countless millions in the faith, all because of his perspective. Listen to this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Who said that? Jim Elliott. How about this? God always gives his best to those who leave the choice to him. Who said that? Jim Elliott. Or how about this? When it comes time to die, make sure all you have to do is die. Jim Elliott. Perspective. As we embark on this new year, I'm sure you've got resolutions I'm sure there are things that you wish you could do for your good, for the good of others, for the glory of God. Here's what you've got to ask. If not now, when? If not this year, 
what year? If not me, who? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. And join us next Sunday at noon for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910.